mute. Oh, that would have gone so well. I know it would have. <laughs> okay. So now that I'm not on mute. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hollywood Dish. I'm Rebecca North, and joining me is my co-host, Nicole. Hello, hello. And this is the show where we dish about all things Hollywood, as it's stated in the name. Just to give you the lay of the land, we're going to have a little cold open section where we kind of discuss more serious political topics that we could see coming on the cold open on this episode this weekend. And then we'll dive into the three biggest pop culture news stories for the week. And then we will just discuss how it would relate back to SNL. And Nicole, it's been a while. How are you doing? What is your weekly or I guess monthly update? Because I haven't spoken to you since the last episode. Yeah. So it's our first Hollywood dish of 2022. Um, I, I keep having to correct myself, you know, and in, <laughs> in texting and writing things, you have to backspace the one and add the two. I'm, I'm very much still in that, <laughs> but I've been good. It's it's crazy. Yeah, we've been like texting, but we haven't really like caught up face to face and talked about everything. Um, so I've been good a little bit. Like I, I was really in this holiday slump mode and like leaning into that a little bit, like enjoying kind of being a, a mess and like, uh, you know, watching a lot of TV, eating a lot of food, um, you know. Uh, not going out as much because a lot of people had COVID and people were traveling. So I was really in this um, just mode of like, oh yeah, you know, Saturday night, like maybe I'll just watch TV and eat a lot of food. And like, I've been in that mode and now I'm like, oh, I have to get out of that and like be a human and not be a hermit anymore. So I'm like rewiring my brain again. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. Um, but I, yeah, other than just the rewiring process, because I've been loving my like introverted side, I have to like step out of it because I'm so extroverted and I, I can't lean in too hard or else I'm like not not me. So I got to chill. But yeah, so I'm a mess in, in short. How are you? <laughs> God, I'm actually the opposite of you. I was full send like in Arizona with my family around Christmas time. So we were outdoors and it was beautiful and I was hiking and all of that. And then I come back to Seattle, which I forgot about because the summers here are so beautiful and misleading. And I forgot about how dark it is here. Like it's not cold like New York. It's the rain is whatever. It's like super hype up in pop culture. Like it doesn't actually rain here as much, but it's just dark. Like I didn't it's know five twelve here and it is pitch blackout. Like I I went to go for a run after this and then I was like, no. I'm I'm kidding myself here, but it's on the opposite. I'm re-hermiting now and then just have to mentally accept that this is Seattle in the winter. So getting past that, but I'm excited that we're back and getting back into the swing at things that SNL is back. So for new listeners, we come on live every Thursday to give you the pop culture breakdown before the Saturday episode of SNL. Since there haven't been any episodes, we've kind of been on a hiatus of Hollywood dish, but now we're back and fully in the swing of things. Yes, 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 we're back. And we're going to catch up on everything. So this show, it's to help everyone be on the same page about what's going on in pop culture and the news heading into a new SNL episode. But it's also like, you know, we're just going to catch up and, and have fun and everything. So we'll do a mix of things that are very present day to day things that, you know, a lot of news that broke this morning. We <laughs> incidentally have a lot of things that are like breaking news by the hour that we want to talk about. And then um, we're going to do a little bit of stuff that has been ongoing the last few weeks to catch up. But we're yeah, as SNL does, we're going to try to be pretty uh, just current and like keep on going and going and going with, with the way the world works really quickly. And, you know, so that's that's where we're at. We have a lot to catch up on, but we're going to try to stay pretty present. Yep, we're going to keep on keeping on. Cool. And with that, I think, Nicole, can you kick us off with our cold open segment where we're going to discuss the more serious and political stuff going on, not for too long, because we do want to keep this exciting, but there's always stuff to talk about and kind of kind of uh, stories we could see being in the cold open of SNL this weekend. Yeah, so we're going to kick things off. Ghislaine Maxwell, she just she loves to be in the news, I guess, even when she's doing horrible things and when she herself is not. We haven't heard much from her, um, but it's we want to bring this news story up because it's connected to another news story. Speaking of breaking news today. So Ghislaine Maxwell, it was it was pretty much two weeks ago that the charges, um, everything came through and it ended up being that she um, originally she had pleaded not guilty to the six federal counts that she was charged with. So it's just quick, quick, uh, you know, overview. We're going to get a lot more fun after this, but we just want to like cover the basics. So we're all on the same page. And then I promise we'll have much more fun in like seven minutes or so. Um, so just to 
clear, you know, basically the, the gist of it. So sex trafficking of a minor, enticing a minor to travel to engage in criminal sexual activity, transporting a minor with the intent to engage in criminal sexual activity, um, and three different counts of conspiracy. Um, and then, so there was a jury with six men and six women, and they reached their verdict um, again about two weeks ago, and she was charged, uh, convicted for five out of the six, and she faces up to 65 years in prison. And um, some of those details have yet to be determined, and it's going to, sounds like it'll be kind of a, an ongoing process of, you know, like breaking things down and how much time she's going to spend, et cetera. So that's, that's the gist of that. So yeah, uh, what, her, what do you and think Jeffrey her? Epstein, her and Jeffrey Epstein are such good friends. They finish each other's sentences. Mm. And I wish, I wish I was creative enough to think of that myself, but I saw that on Twitter and I think of it every time I hear Jelaine, can you please help me pronounce her name? Jelaine I, Maxwell. I think it's good. It's Ghirardelli. like Ghirardelli, like Ghirardelli okay. chocolate. Like that's the Ghirardelli. GH. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, been, yeah. I've been going through this in my head the whole day. Ghislaine Maxwell. I think um, I could be wrong too, honestly. I, nah, I think it's like we'll Ghirardelli chocolate. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, I don't even think she's worthy of pronouncing her name correctly. So I'm yeah. okay if I'm saying it wrong. But yeah, totally. I mean, I'm I'm happy she was found guilty because there are so many glazed over and screwed up things in the justice system today that justice is being served. And I think that is that's good to see. Obviously, it's super upsetting to hear all the things that have happened. And I know we kind of gone through a lot of the Jeffrey Epstein things a few years ago, and now it all coming back to the surface now. It just it's hard to hear all again, because it's so messed up everything that's happened. But I'm glad we're hearing about it in a way that um, people are getting punished for their actions. And the leeway into this morning's breaking news is that Prince Andrew loses all military and royal titles. He has been linked to this for a while. If you could go on Reddit for threads and threads and see the amount of time they're together. But the Duke of York or former Duke of York's military and royal titles have been returned to the Queen after it was confirmed that he would be likely to face a civil trial for sexual assault. So I'm happy that this action is being taken care of now but curious to see what'll come of it i'm curious your thoughts nicole yeah this feels like the most that has really happened with prince andrew he's just been like all these different things over the years it's it's been this sort of um very not so secret secret that is like being shoved under the rug all this time but it's like everyone knows that all these like it's even without the jeffrey epstein of it all like people have been knowing about this man and how he is trash and has all, all this different stuff that has gone on. So um, I'm really happy that things are happening. And again, in a similar light to Ghislaine Maxwell, I think um, we don't know how much action will will be taken if this is just something to like, you know, cover their backs and maybe it'll, it just is for, we, you know, we, we don't really know, but I, I think that it sounds like justice is, is being taken. There've been a lot of different news stories where it feels like, most people are in agreement on the outcome of it, which is very rare. Like um, Elizabeth Holmes is another one that I will probably be touched on this week on SNL. And in her case, like, I think most people were kind of in, in agreement that there was not so great going on there for her. Uh, but the, it, I was very fascinated nonetheless by the girl boss discourse around her. Some people were like, I don't know. I think she <laughs> is the epitome of a girl boss. Like she girl boss just a little too close to the sun, but like, she also is kind of a mate. Like pe people are just like leaning into that discourse a lot, and I don't really get it. Um, yeah, but again, I mean, girl bosses, girl bosses. Yeah. The queen is a queen for doing this, and yeah. I haven't heard of an official statement that has come out from her yet. But I mean, taking action—that's awesome, and I'm really excited to see what Gary Janetti is going to do with this on the next season of The Prince. I don't know if you watch that, Nicole, but. It so, is but I'm just glad like, you brought it up because I know it's, it is it's on my list. It is so good. It is so good. And I think they actually haven't even discussed like Prince Andrew that much, uh, former Prince Andrew, uh, that much. And I think it'll be exciting to see what comes. And I am curious if he will face civil trial for this lawsuit as, as I believe he should. So yeah, that's kind of our prediction for the cold open. Um, Stuff that could be discussed more serious in the news because there's been so much Omicron and I, we could have done an hour here about Omicron. But I think 
now we're getting to the point where hopefully it's a little worn out and we can avoid that conflict, especially when I know, as Sandrine said, the news is crazy. So let's kind of avoid talking about COVID and talk about everything else that's going on in the world. Yes, I think I, I'm guessing this week will actually be a little less COVID focused than we were, are going to anticipate because I think SNL will. Um, it was they, they know that there was something a little bit dark in the air about the Paul Rudd episode and it was through no fault of their own. It was just an mm -hmm. inevitable consequence of the way things panned out. And so I think I think they're going to crack a joke or two about that episode, which we always like getting a little meta and self-aware. I think everybody yeah. in the SNL community <laughs> likes that. But I think aside from that, I just I think it's going to be less COVID-y than December was. We're just going to like jump into a new year and new energy and not lean into it so much. Um, and there are really like complex news stories with implications of like decades and decades of of history behind them, like with the Ghislaine Maxwell stuff, the Prince Andrew stuff um, and COVID. There, there are parallels with different epidemics and pandemics from history. But I think like this kind of thing is where SNL can really like geek out about cold opens and the weekend update yeah. segments and stuff like there's there's more room um, for creativity and and references like just being referential in general um and the COVID, it's like how many how long how many jokes can you really make about COVID until it's just kind of like what are we doing so um i'm excited for content that is it's both newer uh it's different than what we've been having all fall and really the last 18 months two years on snl um but it's also so it's it's on one hand it's newer and it's also older it's like a callback to these themes that have been going on and these people that have been famous names for, for yeah. quite, quite some time. I do want to make the point that it's been 11 minutes before Nicole said meta for the first time, and that should be applauded. I feel like it usually happens a lot earlier. Um, so let's stop talking yes. about sex offenders and move on to our first story. Yes, yes. Okay. So this is a, a lighter topic, everyone. So we made it through the cold open stuff, and now we're really mostly just going to have fun. What a transition. Um, Let's stop talking you. about sex offenders and talk about Oscars. Oscars. I also just back for one second. So um, just in terms of um, impressions, just for two seconds. Um, so Mike Myers uh, did Prince Andrew back in the 90s. Mm. Um, so that is just some some information to to think about who might do it at this time if we get an impression. I kind of think we're not going to get an impression of him. I that doesn't feel like the vibes. I think it would be more of an update thing. Um, but it would feel different because I, I feel like we don't get a lot of, um, excuse the traffic. I am in the fat middle of New York city. Um, I feel like we don't get a ton of, um, like European impressions, like, you know, so I don't, I don't, that's not really what I'm guessing, but anyway, if you have anything and then I will move on and I will stop being political after that. I think JAJ, if anyone will be able yeah. to do it. Yeah, he will. so and that'd be fun. It'd be different. Okay, that's it. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, now fun. Back to fun. So we're talking Oscars host. So for the first time in four years since 2018, the Oscars will have a host this year, and that is a big deal because award shows have been just like there's been so much discourse around them. Like, are they as important as they claim to be? Are they as important as they like to think they are? Um, the actual award shows as an entertainment element having the show like the golden globes were on sunday and there was no broadcast of it we didn't get the red carpet we didn't get the funny jokes from a host or from segments by people introduce it like we didn't get anything other than an awful twitter um account that was a total flop um i just like if anybody saw the the golden globes how they announced west side story winning it was talking about how it, it was funny and laughter is a cure for everything <laughs> which is insane so flop central for that um but anyway so oscar hosts so there are a bunch of different names in the running and one of those allegedly is pete davidson whose name is of course everywhere and um what do you think about pete davidson potentially being an oscar host or the oscar host i just i i don't know honestly i don't think any comedian first of all can top ricky gervais at the Golden Globes. And I think once a week, I probably watch this, the same YouTube compilation of him just roasting everyone and good for him. Cause that's the reason the Golden Globes were not broadcast is because lack of diversity and that's a serious issue. And I'm glad there were actions taken on it, but I just, 
I don't see Pete Davidson being a good Oscars host. I just, I don't know. Obviously, I love to see him on my screen, and he plays no character better than Pete Davidson. So I think he would do a really good job. But the Oscars, in my opinion, are more formal and more black tie-ish. And I just don't think he would appeal to a lot of the audience that cares. And he would kind of make the title of winning an Oscar and having an critically acclaimed film and working so hard on most of them being very serious stories and he's not really good at being serious so I don't necessarily know if I think he'd be the best candidate for it but you have to have someone that can draw the line between comedy and also respecting and appreciating all of the all the work that has been put out to and I see Monette literally took the words out of my mouth I was gonna say Pete Davidson would be an amazing Emmys host or even Golden Globes for that matter but I just do not think he would be great at the Oscars and I think the audience would not really appeal to him so hot take but yeah no I'm I'm in agreement with with Monette in the chat about how I, I think I think Pete would be amazing at um, hosting the Emmys specifically and and being broadcast on NBC this year. That's, I mean, at this point, like if you need an NBC host and you want to keep it young and fresh and relevant, of course, like you yeah. you throw Pete in there, like the Miley New Year's Eve party. Clearly that was entirely Miley's thing at first. She curated all the music. It was called Miley's New Year's Eve party. It was her thing. And then, you know, I'm NBC was like, let's throw Pete Davidson into the mix and it'll add a whole lot. And they're friends in real life and it worked. Their chemistry was amazing. Like it was, everyone describes them as like rich twin energy with, and it's just perfect to me. I think they have the best like sibling chemistry. I don't really see them. I mean, maybe dating, I don't know. But anyway, um, I, I agree with you that it's, he would make it a little less serious and, and the Oscars it's, I don't think it's worth it for them to, just play for um laughs or to play for a really buzzy name and and to play for talent pete is so talented but it's 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 very different i, th- I think the oscars do, they, it does well when it's somebody who is a comedian primarily but someone who has decades and decades of experience with different generations and playing for different types of crowds and um who have been in a wider variety of entertainment roles you know like it, it that I think is is better because the Oscars is it's I'm more of an Emmys I'm more of a TV girl than movie girl yeah, any day. Me too. But with that said, the Oscars are it's the most prestigious thing you could get. It is more prestigious than an Emmy on the whole. Like of course they're the, they're most prestigious in their respective categories, but in terms of what is the ultimate, like it's yeah. an Oscar, which I wish weren't true because I I think TV is ten times better than movies. But um, yeah, I, I don't think it would be perfect um i saw this this like thread on twitter about who do you think would would be great and i i put in my my suggestion i think that maya rudolph and tiffany haddish as a duo would be so good they've they've presented at the oscars together and it was just like their comedic their comedic chemistry and timing was just flawless and um i i'm such a big fan of both of them and and if you're gonna have a duo it should be someone with a demonstrated history of doing something like that together and they haven't worked together so much, but they've done enough of like presenting in that one moment. I was like, Oh, like there's something here. Like they've, they've got it. They, they play off each, each other super well. Yeah. Um, so and I like, can that. you imagine winning that really prestigious award and being like, Oh yeah, it was the year Pete Davidson host at the yeah. Oscars. Like, I just don't think that would be great. It would be lovely to have a woman. It would be lovely to have a person of color, some diversity on there. And Pete Davidson is none of the above. So I think having a diverse host is kind of where I would be leaning towards um, just to kind of show like, oh, look, we can celebrate people that are not Pete Davidson's. And Pete Davidson's kind of just been like gliding by in the entertainment industry, especially in these past few years. So I think someone a little more history also and been in the industry more because it is such an honor and I don't think he would appreciate it that much so yeah and I'm I love Pete Davidson don't get me wrong but I just don't think it's the right match there but I don't know it'll be interesting to play out and who knows we might be coming here talking in two weeks about how or whatever it is about how great of a host he was so who's to say um who's to say and yeah we can move on to the second story and I just want to give a disclaimer in the story. 
please do not come at me for pronunciation problems because <laughs> I have had, <laughs> I've been practicing and you can ask Nicole all day, all day, all, all day. day I've been practicing. She put in the work. No so actually, actually come for her harder because she did try. It would be, I know, it's so if, she pathetic. if she didn't try, then you would feel bad. But she really, this is, this is with effort. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I know. It's really pathetic and <laughs> I, I'm fine. And then I read it and I get all messed up. But yeah. Novak Djokovic is, is the next story. So we're going to be talking about him and I'm sure you've seen his name in the news and whether or not you've known who he is before. Like I was not super familiar with him. So I will be giving the backstory on him. So he's currently the number one seed tennis player. He's from Serbia and he was detained in Melbourne last week. Just for some more context, and thank you, John, for your help out here. Um, Djokovic, Nadal, and Federer are the three greatest players basically ever of tennis, and they're all tied at 20 major championships. So it's kind of at a crazy, like, like just a game between them. And each win of a major championship is so imperative to their career because they are all getting a little older and closer to retiring. So essentially, from like, you know, just lack of a better way to determine this, whoever like wins majority of the championships here are is gonna be like related to and called the GOAT of all time. So he's been he's playing in the Australian Open and he is a notorious anti-vaxxer. So that's all the background on the story you got here. But again, he's never on seat and he was detained in Melbourne last week. The unvaccinated player had claimed to be given a medical exemption to enter the country based on a positive COVID test in mid-December. So Djokovic applied to get this medical exemption because he will not get vaccinated because he claims to have an allergy to something in mRNA vaccines. So he's unable to get vaccinated. But he, since he tested positive, he is allowed to, he's got a medical exemption saying he can enter Australia. He flies to Australia only to be detained by the government. And he's just stuck in detention up until his court date. And they have announced that uh, the judge ruled that he could partake in the Australian Open, which for him would be super exciting because, again, he really needs this win. But the government hasn't decided if they should cancel his visa. So while Djokovic is allowed to play in this tournament, he could be deported at any time, like mid-swing or hit, I don't know what you would call tennis, mid-hit, just like being, oh, got to get out of here because he refuses to get vaccinated. And it's been so up and down. Again, I don't really follow tennis, but I've been seeing all the alerts and kind of following this from a distance. And it's been a crazy roller coaster of events. And now there are protests in Australia, either for or against him. So it's just really insane. And with all that information, Nicole, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I'm also not, um, I think you and I are very similar. No, you're a little better with sports than I am. I think you, you follow a bit more than I do, but I, um, every time I, I, I've seen tennis live a few times and every time I do, I'm very excited about it. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? I want to get into this. Like then I like follow like the U S open on social media and I start engaging <laughs> with the content and I'm so vibing with it. And then it like washes away from my algorithm. And I forget that I was ever enjoying watching that tennis live um so that's like my relationship with it um and so I know the name I've always known in general that he's like one of the greats I think he's he's one that um people kind of think is a bit of an a-hole um more so than some of these other uh so perhaps goats and in this running of, of goat potentials I think he's one of the ones that people think is not as kind all the time um and respectful of other people's you know space and time etc but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I my main takeaway from this story is it's not so much an opinion on what's right and wrong. It's more just that the everything around COVID and how we're functioning as a society in a COVID world, and you can't even say post, I don't know when we could even define it as a post-COVID world, but like a functioning COVID world, I could call it, like a, uh, you know, trying to balance existing in it and not being uh, in, inhibited by it, but also acknowledging it and respecting what we need to respect about it. Um, I think this just shows that like, we don't really know what we're doing. There are all these conflicting, um, rules and regulations and they aren't every, every rule is not in accordance with any other given rule. And so it's like, mm -hmm. it's not that I feel bad for this guy at all. I, I, I don't have so much sympathy for him, but it's more just like, I, I do get that it's complicated when there are different rules being, 
uh, spread in, in different places and for different yeah. things. So it's just messy. Like this is very messy. Yeah. I mean, your opinion's going to be a lot more um, tame and neutral than mine. Okay. Uh, if you really care about the sport so much, not, I, I'm assuming he doesn't care about the people around him because like, yeah, I think that's a fair obvious reasons. Um, yeah. So if you care about yourself this much and you care about the title so much and you want to win, just get vaccinated. Like, I don't think it's that hard. I mean, like, if you really care, I'm very pro-vax, so that's just my opinion on this. But it is really interesting from a more objective standpoint um, that the Australian government is so involved in this. Like, I have never heard of such involvement and it's really just directed at this one player and the fact that he could be deported at any time is like actually wild like this is COVID is is a pandemic and it's and it's a sickness and an illness and it is so political now and it's crazy because who would have thought I mean like any of us could have guessed in the political climate just the whole world that it would become such a political concept but this doesn't even feel like he even cares that much about the game. I think he just really wants to make his point. And I actually today in preparation just watched him play for a little just to kind of be like, okay, are you really that great? And yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. He's really good. Yeah. And I agree with Sandrine in the chat. Like, it's hard to like him, though. Like, I would not be rooting for him to win after all this. Like, not only are you putting yourself in danger by not being vaccinated, but you're playing against so many different people and just care for them about it so I think this story is not going to end um right now and I'm really interested to see what other turns it takes and will he get deported from there I don't know yet um I really I don't know I haven't really touched base with the Australian government but could be either way you haven't you don't have them on no. speed dial no unfortunately Aww. I've been really busy yeah. yeah, that's fair. They've, I feel like they've, they've tried to like reach out to you just like to say hi, and you, you've like yeah. But them I off. had a, I muted them. They were so annoying. Oh yeah, they're a little like needy like that. I guess. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, yeah. From, yeah. I don't have their number, but you know, I know, I know, I know people who know them. Oh, know? so I, I hear. You know me. Yeah. 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 Fine. It's just you. You're the only one. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's yeah. It's like I don't even know what to make of it any like any anything that's happening I'm also very like pro-vax um I yeah. just think that like I do get that um I don't know it's just it's hard to know what regardless of like your and I don't want to sound so like neutral because I'm really not so neutral about mm -hmm. it but like I I get how it's like it's a messy combination of um having your own set of values even if even if those values are what I don't think are good values it's like yeah balancing that with having conflicting information thrown at you like I do get from that angle it's like kind of annoying and or just confusing yeah. or can, whatever um but yeah that could be fun I feel like there are a lot of SNL people that, that could do a decent what jo Djokovic um yeah impression I, I feel like like Mikey yeah, Day Serbian. I could see it yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like Mikey could could do it someone's got to have a Serbian accent in their repertoire um yeah. they made it on SNL but yeah, just now to segue on to talking about vampires. Um, mm, speaking of blood and, oh. and medical uh, procedures and uh, how else could we segue that? I think blood. blood someone is, got engaged. Yeah, someone got engaged with blood. And it really does have to do with blood and medicine. We, it, we really we really promise you. Trust us, it does. And so the engagement was to if, if you're like a pop culture nerd, this probably came as very much no surprise. Um, but Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly announced their engagement and with a really beautiful, like interesting ring. Um, it's like it has like this green diamond going on. It's it's super beautiful. Definitely just go look up a picture of it. It's it's really I, I think it's stunning. I don't think I would want it for myself, but um, I do. I do think it's it's really pretty. Um, and then, of course, it wouldn't have been a Megan Fox, Machine Gun Kelly PR public moment, not to to you know reduce their their engagement to PR but when you're announcing something publicly it's by definition PR infused so it wouldn't have been a them moment without a little blood and they said <laughs> after after everything happened they drank each other's blood to celebrate and um it's to me when I hear that I just think of Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton who like showed up to a red carpet with you know the blood vials mm -hmm. um like that's that's who I think of most when I think of uh, these two 
so yeah, what do you what do you think about this? This one we talked about. We both were. Yeah. I, I think we felt similarly. What do What do you think? So I wasn't surprised by the engagement. I think you worded it perfectly. If you have a Twitter or an Instagram or basically any social media over the past year or so, it has come to no surprise. So the actual engagement itself, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Watch the video, kept scrolling. Like it didn't even think anything of it. It was, I don't know if it was just, it was very, it was going to happen. Or like, I think I equate them so much to Travis and Courtney that their engagement was the big like to do and the the crazy like, wow. And now this is like, I don't know, so similar. I don't know if just because they're friends, but like I really equate them to one another. That ring, you might not want it, but I know whoever I marry won't be able to afford it because it is, <laughs> it's a double pair ring with an emerald. It's emerald, one emerald and one diamond and like a double band also that's also obviously diamond. <laughs> diamond uh, obviously diamond too. Imagine if it weren't. It is stunning. Like it's I- stunning. I haven't, my mom and I have been talking about it all day. Like we're both obsessed with the ring so much, but obviously I'm not surprised that uh, he is, they both a good style. Um, so that yeah. the blood was um, interesting, but again, not surprising. Nothing about this story or even seeing any bits of the story were like, oh, like triggered some sort of emotion in me. I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, they drank each other's blood, fine. Like, let's keep going. I'm not yeah. surprised. Uh, Megan Fox might be a vampire. Like, I would not be surprised. Oh, yeah, that, I so. think she is. She yeah. doesn't age and has no emotion. I right. Mean. Yeah, could be. <laughs> I think I that's, yeah, I, I just felt like, oh, of course, it, it adds up. And I, I definitely, I think that if they had beaten Courtney and Travis to the punch, we would yeah. have felt this way about Courtney and Travis. So that's kind of a bummer. And it was rumored if, if you follow Dumas and a, a several different, you know, news speculating rumor mill outlets on socials. Um, it's been rumored that there was going to be this semi back to back similar celebrity couple engagement. It's been rumored, I think, since like October or so. People have been kind yeah. of buzz buzzing about the, these two. Maybe it's just because it was a natural course of events for both couples that it, it was realistic. So someone just like threw that in months ago and now it has happened and came true. But I, it kind of shows, and this I don't like the point I'm making, but I think it it is just a reflection of the truth in, in being famous in celebrity culture. I This shows to me that in order to really be relevant, so to speak, and to draw headlines in a way that keeps people engaged, is you have to keep reinventing yourself. You can't just stick to your own plot of the blood stuff and the... Um, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's it. The blood stuff. Like you, <laughs> you, you need to keep on switching it up in order to generate headlines. And this did generate major headlines, but it, it, yeah. it didn't, it didn't like emote anything for us. And I think that that when you are famous and maybe they're not famous for being famous in a reality star sense. So maybe they're not doing this as much as a reality star would do it. And good for them if they don't feel like they have to be someone they're not in order to be famous. Cause that sucks. But it just shows that like, celebrities have such a tall order to like keep us engaged and keep us invested in them that like they have to do so they have to bend over backwards to to keep yeah. on you know keeping us guessing in order to really keep on making those headlines and sometimes that can get annoying and you look at it and it's like oh that's just bs that's that's fake that's for pr i find myself speculating like that all the time but then i hear this headline and i'm like oh i get it though i get why those everyone feels the need to act like that because you can't keep the same shtick, even if it's a fun, interesting, unique shtick. You need a new shtick constantly when you're famous or else, like, it gets old. The jig is up. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think if um, either one of their PR teams are listening, if they ever have a baby together, I do think we should get some new story of Machine Gun Kelly drinking um, her breast milk. I think yeah, that's just following in theme and it would be so oh, cute. Like they're so cute. Um, <laughs> you could like bring it on stage with him and like yeah, hold and up like a bottle. Shock on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure. You could like bring up, bring up like a, a kid from, from the audience and, and like have them like Measure sit with him. Yeah. Like and help then whoever's him. taller has to pour it in his mouth. Like exactly. he did like bring him. a girl to a show and gave her money for being 
taller than him yeah he was like um, that was so cute though because he I liked actually it. she wasn't taller but then he was yeah he wanted he her to be and then he was trying to like find ways to like justify her being tall it was very <laughs> cute and thoughtful and sweet um and i think he he is like really good with um you know like his audience and his fan base yeah. and like being like fun but also respectful and so i feel like there's like there's a funny uh bit in there somewhere that's also respectful yeah. and not like pushing it too far i love that though that's yeah. that work I agree. But yeah, good point about just needing to make like pretty big headlines. And that's the only way to do so. Um, We can move on to our rapid fire round where basically there are so many stories going on in the world and in pop culture that it is super hard to narrow down a top three here. So what we have is this little rapid fire thing. We'll say the story, we'll give our quick opinion and we'll move on to the next. So I know we each had something we really wanted to talk about this week and Mine is, um, I was, was going to say personal to me, but it's personal to thousands of people. But they announced the Coachella lineup, which has been really exciting. I have tickets for the second weekend if um, anyone wants to link up. But they announced the lineup, and it is stacked. And it's a good thing it's stacked because it's two-plus years in the making where they had to cancel and reschedule. So the three biggest headliners are Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, and Yay. And if you don't know who Ye is, that is Kanye rebranded to Ye. And it, they'll say it on the poster for that. And just some other people that are excited is Swedish House Mafia is another headliner, but they, they're not saying which date. I don't know. Interesting that Swedish House Mafia has that much hype around it. I mean, I saw them uh, for like $20 in New York City when I was in high school. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting. A few other people to note is um, Phoebe, Bridge- Phoebe Bridgers, Louis the Child, Meg the Stallion, Disclosure, 21 Savage, Doja Cat, and Maggie Rogers are probably the people that stand out to me. And a big shout out to Phineas also, who will be performing Different day than Billy, and I kind of assume that they would perform together on I her set. I kind of like that. So. I like that he is me too day without her. Yeah, um, it is super exciting. The more I look at the artist list, the more excited I'm getting, and it's awesome to hopefully, if everything goes right, to have a big event like this in a music venue again. I mean, who's to say? But I think it's interesting, and I know, um, Nicole, you have you made a very big reaction when I said yay. <laughs> on the yeah. Board. I mean, I think I'm not alone when I say that when he when he told the world that he was legally changing his name, I was like, okay, fun, ha- have fun, cool. Um, <laughs> I, di- I didn't take it seriously at all. I didn't think his Wikipedia would just say yay. I didn't think that when his girlfriend of four days had an, an article <laughs> in Interview Magazine that he w- she would exclusively refer to him as yay. Um, and I did not think, definitely didn't think that on the Coachella cover paint whatever the the poster that it would say in those big letters yay like (laughs) that whole line is available if you're a band with like you know selena gomez in the scene which is not a band anymore rest in peace like if you have that long name and you're a band um there's room for you you have this whole line when you're one of those three headliners and he just wanted those two letters y e and that's his name now um I mean, I'm not judging it. I'm really not. There's no like inherent judgment in how I feel about it. It's more just like, oh, he really committed to this bit. Like it felt Mm -hmm. like a bit and it's it's now it's it's etched in legality and it's etched in Coachella and it's etched in Julia Fox's uh, article on interviewmagazine.com. So um, that's my main takeaway. I'm not going to be there. Um, I did want to go to L.A. in the spring for the Netflix is a Joe comedy festival, which is around the same time. but I don't think I'm going to end up making it just because, you know, things are I'm, I'm in New York City and um, I don't know, maybe I will. But that was my main takeaway. Otherwise, I, I'm excited. I'm like, I think it's a really good mix of different types of artists. And um, yeah, about Phineas, I, I'm hoping that they perform with each other. But I like yeah, that Phineas, Phineas is has his own set. Like it's it's him yes. with the, that when it's announced, if Billy makes an appearance, that's Billy. That's an add-on, but it's not the main event. And I think, yeah. That, and I, lo- I'm a huge fan of both of them. But I just think that they both like deserve to continue being individuals and having their own mm-hmm. acts. And so, while also really playing together and and all that kind of magical family stuff. So, yes, but I will be yeah. fair, and I will be watching Yay perform 
his set and I will come back onto Hollywood Dish and I'm sure there will be some pretty outrageous things he does and I will share them all. So you'll get a Coachella exclusive right here. Put in big letters. Um, Coachella exclusive after the event. <laughs> big, big and, two letters, Y-E. We don't, yeah. we, don't, we don't need a lot of space. We just need room yeah. for two letters. Yes. And now what's your rapid fire? I think I went a little quick. I went a little long, but <laughs> no, it was perfect. Let's make it, was, it rapid. It was, it was good. It was good. Okay. So mine... Mine's a little messy. So Jamie Lynn Spears, famous for, you know, the starring role on Zoe 101, more famous for being Britney Spears's little sister. She has a book coming out and she's doing press for it. Um, and she's claiming after all of these months, really years, um, if you really dig deep, it's been more like years that, that Britney has hinted at things, but especially in the last few months that she's had more autonomy and freedom to speak on what she truly feels, it's been made clear that she doesn't feel that anyone in her immediate family has supported her in this journey and has rooted for her to be free. And it feels you get the sense, not that anyone, you know, I'm sure they're like, I'm not saying only Britney's opinion is valid, but I think I'm much more partial to her point of view on this matter than anyone else that was involved in perpetuating her suffering. You know, I feel like that's a rational way to f feel about it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so to say the least, but with, um, so it's been made clear that, that there's no one in her immediate family that was really like, I think if anyone really wanted to get her help and to get her freedom, like she would have gotten it. I think they were all just trying to profit off of benefit off of whatever, off of the situation and they have always been serving their own selfish self-interest so now jamie lynn spears is, is coming out about how she was trying to help her this whole time and that she was her on her side and, and saying all these things and um britney has has spoken out since then and, and said that wasn't true and it's just so um it's upsetting and it feels so obvious and transparent and and fake like we like we really see through it um she also like i think it was an instagram story or an instagram video a month two months or so mm -hmm. or so ago um it was just so fake from jamie lynn and it, the like the tears it's like you can just tell when someone is wiping a fake tear like you don't have to yeah. be really that perceptive to just be like that tear is fake like you you mm -hmm. you you did this but there was nothing inside you just yeah. went like that I'm yeah. just like I'm disappointed at, at like how she think how she thinks she's getting away with it, but she actually is getting away with it because mm -hmm. ultimately, like she doesn't need the majority to believe her in order for her to to profit off of this act. Like, if nine percent of people are curious about what she's saying and will buy her book, then that's more money that that she would make than if she hadn't been trying to do this whole act. So it's like mm -hmm. when you weigh the pros and cons from her selfish, messed up point of view like I get it but it's like is it really worth it like are you really gonna sell it's literally like a sellout like you're you're yeah. really gonna be so fake I, I just I'm not I'm not about that at all what do you think yeah I mean their whole story is very like canon able very like goes back that far and I don't really know much about the bible but I know that story at least and she's always been jealous of Britney Spears and I think I made it super hard when you worded her as the Zoe 101 star, which is probably the biggest thing to date that she has done. And Britney Spears is Britney Spears. Yeah. So if Jamie Lynn Spears didn't have Spears in the last name, we probably wouldn't really know who she was. So there's definitely always been some sort of tension and like, granted, it makes sense. But really ruining someone's life the way that they have for the past few years is different than a jealousy in the sibling rivalry. It is just like disgusting. And now the fact that that it's all over and Britney is finally, or so we hope, freed. Um, the fact that she's Jamie Lynn is still profiting off of hurting Britney Spears is so just messed up. And I think you really captured everything great. I am we haven't gotten so much Britney content on SNL, and I know Chloe Feynman does a pretty good impression of her. So I can't think of anyone who would play Jamie Lynn Spears, maybe like a Heidi Gardner if they were to do a sketch. But I feel like Chloe Feynman would play both roles and then it would be like um, mm. a quarantine SNL where she would have a pre-tape in her backyard with two different wigs going back and forth. So I don't know. It would be interesting, but we have seen her do Britney before. So yes. I mean, it could happen. 
I think Brit- her Britney is definitely one of her better impressions. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's really good um, and very instantly recognizable that we've seen whenever we've seen it, it's been in that same dress and that same hairstyle. Yeah. So I think that that um, it's like a, it's a it's like kind of an instant classic when they always show it to us in the same format, especially with that that show st- talk show style. Yeah. Um, imagine if they do the the Britney Spears talk show and. Jamie Lynn is a guest like yeah. that that could be really juicy that I also think fun. for like for I feel like Sarah Sherman could kind of do it I like can yeah. you see that with the I could wig? see it yeah I could see that also I do think though like Chloe Feynman would be best for both so that makes yes. it tricky but Sarah Sherman definitely could could cover yeah. that and you role. said I think you said Heidi and uh, Heidi I also think would, yes. would do really well with it I um, don't know could be fun could be a fun sketch and just justice for Britney Spears over and over again. She just poor, poor woman cannot catch a break. I know what. So in terms of like the, the framing of the cold open, I I'm, I feel like this season they've done this. The content has been good, but I, I, I kind of, I want them to play a little more with the structure. And yeah. I feel like with these, these news stories that we're getting this week, like the Prince Andrew stuff, the Ghislaine stuff, the Britney mm-hmm. stuff. It's all like, it's a mix of things that feels very different. The energy is very different than the fall stuff that we've gotten. And so I think yeah. it would lend itself to a different style of mm-hmm. cold open and a different structure. Um, and I just hope, I hope that that it's something creative, but also like uh, getting getting everything done and, and yeah. getting everything in there. And I know you touched upon it, but we have discussed a lot, many different topics that have been in the news in this week's episode. So I'm just curious out of every story we've spoken about. So just to recap the Ghislaine Maxwell, Prince Andrew, Oscar hosting, Djokovic, MGK, Megan Fox, Coachella, and Jamie Lynn Spears. Which of these topics do you think we'll still be discussing this weekend on SNL? Okay. Just tough. one. You have to pick one. You have, I have to, to pick, pick one. one. Um, yeah. I think we will... Ooh, I think, okay, the one I think is most likely to slip in somewhere, I'm going like a little bit like say a safe bet, like an in-between okay. kind of type of story. I think the Oscar hosts will definitely make its way in. And I say that because like the, the Prince Andrew stuff is something that I could see them really going in on or avoiding entirely. Um, and then that's like, I think most things are kind of like that this week because there, there are a lot of heavy hitters like that. And, mm-hmm. and then- or not a lot, but the things that are happening feel like heavy hitters. I'll put it that way. Whereas the Oscar thing, it's sort of like, it's it's definitely a- actively relevant, but it's not like such a toss up that it's sort of like, oh, we, let's just not, let's just not deal with that right now. It's very much like, it's fun. They're, they're that um, rotating audition or like the, the audition, um, Oscar yeah. host audition pre-tape from a few years ago was like, that type of thing is so much fun when you can do, when you can get in like every cast member hypothetically, and even some multiple times doing, I don't think everyone, but if you wanted, you could do, you could put every single cast member into that sketch and everybody could have their best impressions. And it's just like, it's such a fun, efficient way to give everybody their due on the show and to have them all like do whatever they want. That is nearly independent of everyone else. So it's not like you have to just try to fit into someone else's, um sketch like you can basically just be a famous person that you do a good impression of and have them do a quirky thing so it's it's just like the perfect thing for people that really want to have a showcase have cast members have a showcase and while I also like them doing chemistry things and bouncing off of each other it's fun when there's something just so pure like that and um not that I want the same sketch we've gotten in the past but if they did the literal exact same format that I'm describing that they've done before mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't complain because it's just too yeah fun. I wouldn't know? be upset but on the contrary I do think they will definitely talk about Prince Andrew on this mm-hmm. this episode just due to their they have not shied away from any of the Jeffrey Epstein or Elaine Maxwell stories or jokes or all of that I mean this is huge I it's not obviously Okay, I can't speak for anyone that is it like is living in England and going through that and is like close connection to the Queen and all the history, but I have watched The Prince and the Crown to try and familiarize myself there. And this is a huge deal that his title is getting taken away from him. So I yeah, that's that's what I think they'll definitely be talking about this weekend on SNL. And 
We'll see who's right. We'll see who's right. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You you chose you chose the heavy hitter, and I went I went the yeah. safe basic route. Um, I think we'll both be right, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I actually I completely right. agree. We're both right. We're both right. We're always both right. No, we're we've we have a decent track record. We we don't have quite correct. enough evidence so far to really measure it. But one of these days, we're gonna like listen back and like analyze and do all the numbers. Yeah, we'll stuff. do some SNL stats on this. Yes, SNL stats on our predictions, how accurate we are, and we'll just like geek out about that. Um, and yeah. speaking of, of SNL stats, the OGs, um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about what we have going on at the SNL network. Is there anything else? That you was wanna... the smoothest transition we've had this episode. So congrats on that. Thank you. Thank you that so much. Good. You know, I tried, but I will, you, you set me up for it. You gave me like the lay, the, what's the basketball thing? Like you, you, you threw the ball in the air so I could slam dunk it. The assist. Yeah. The assist. Yeah. But it's more specific than assist when you do a, um, when it's an alley-oop. Up, is that a one-person thing? Probably. Oh, I don't know. If anyone in the chat has, has the thing that. here, we are not trained or expected to know basketball terms. Yeah, this is not our expertise. We are experts. We set ourselves up for failure. I know. And I was analogy. so smooth, and then I messed it all up. But, no, but you did you did give me the assist there, so thank you. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to – anything else you want to cover, and then or else no. I'll just – perfect. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just going to let everybody know what we have going on at the SNL Network. Um, we did this past week, um, we did a By the Numbers show that I was on with John Schneider, Mike Murray, and Andy Hogland, where it was, it was the four of us, and we had a lot of fun doing the old school OG stuff that we do. We talked screen time. Mike had some really amazing new stats for us that we'd never analyzed before. Um, we did some of our old school Mike's power rankings, but we also had a lot of really new things. Um that we were analyzing live while he presented them to us. And it was just so much fun. So definitely go check that out. Um, if you are into the numbers stuff and you're a little bit nerdy sometimes. Um, and then otherwise, we're back in the swing this week with a new episode with host Ariana DeBose and Bleachers as musical guest, um, replacing Roddy Rich because of um, a potential um, COVID exposure from someone on his team. So clearly there are this shows, you know, they're taking the precautions, like extra precautions, which is a good thing. And um, he's going to sounds like he's going to get back on the schedule and have a, a later date in the season, which is really great to me. Uh, anyway, so we're going to be, as always, 1.10 a.m. right after the episode Eastern Time um, right here for the Hot Take Show. So it's going to be a great panel um, with John back in the hosting hosting seat and a great panel will be here. And then we've got our roundtable on Monday, Monday night, to talk a little bit deeper into the episode. And then we've got the patron feedback show later in the week, which is an opportunity for if you are a patron with us. New York City is so loud right now. Um, anyways, if you're a patron with us, then you have an opportunity to call in um, and and have a, a podcast with John. And you just, whatever you want to talk about, and mostly in terms of the previous SNL episode and the upcoming one. Um, and it's a really fun opportunity for our patrons. So if you haven't signed up, definitely patreon.com slash the SNL network. You can just check us out on Patreon and, and um, you know, join us if, if you want to have opportunities like that, among others. And yeah, so that's our upcoming coverage. And we are just, it's, we're getting into 2022. I'm so excited. How are you feeling about our first episode of 2022. Yeah, this this has been awesome. And there's a lot of stuff coming up in the future at SNL Network, which is exciting. Can't wait for Saturday's episode. And yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in to Hollywood Dish this week. And we'll see you all next Thursday when we have a lot more pop culture news. Mm -hmm.